Welcome to Mavericks, a pursuit podcast. Scaling a sales team is hard. Pursuit sources top sales talent for thousands of companies. We've seen firsthand the companies that are set up to win and the ones that are bound to fail. But recruiting is only a piece of the puzzle. In each episode, we speak to an industry expert specializing in a unique vertical within the sales motion who's walked the walk and successfully implemented a blueprint that has taken their sales team to the next level. Come get equipped, hear from the best, and level up your sales team. Hello, my pursuit friends. This is Jake Vines coming at you for the second part of a mini series, three part mini series that we're doing about what it looks like to hire A players. Carter spent the first sex session looking at hey, what does it look like to come up with a job description that attracts A players. There's really two one and a half things that I want to hit on there, and then we'll jump into part two. The first one he mentioned was A players don't make lateral moves. You'll hear that a lot from us. And it's true. They're growth minded. Uh, I think where that plays into uh, this section, what I'm going to talk about today is there are different levers with every opportunity. And so being able to identify specifically with your opportunity, what are the levers that you can pull to attract a player specific to that a player? is super important. And the second one is a candidate value proposition. Alignment is a word that we throw around a lot. Uh, it gets used a lot in the industry, but it really is just so vital. You have to make sure that there's alignment on both ends. Just because uh, you have this great opportunity on paper does not mean that every A player makes sense to come on board. You expect that A player to come in and produce, which that's what A players do you're getting that end of the bargain every time, or hopefully every time, I should say. But what you need in return is for your opportunity to provide value to the candidate as well. And that's where true alignment comes in. And so I wanted to touch on those uh, two things before we jump in. Where we're going to spend our time today is part two. Carter will hit in part three, the interview process at a later date. What I'm going to walk through is what does the search look like? And so breaking down that in three different elements, we're going to look at what does a good strategy look like before you even start the search? What does a good strategy look like for the search based on your opportunity that you're working on? The hunt will further define these as we go as well. And then the third is the sell. And so taking the first one, what does a strategy look like? What is it composed of? This depends on what size company, um, how many roles you're looking to fill. And so there are no absolutes with this, but speaking generally, you have, let's say you have an open role that requires X amount of experience. Well, what kinds of companies or industries are you going to attack to find candidates? What kinds of industries typically have the right hardwiring of the individual that sees success in that role that comes over to your company and sees success, right? And so being able to identify that on the front end is important. What are the numbers that you're putting are tying to the hiring funnel? Similar to your sales funnel, you have to have enough deals at the top of the funnel to spit out revenue at the bottom. We treat our hiring funnel the exact same way. You can't spit out an A player unless you put enough A players at the top. Now, if you're hiring one role, you shouldn't need 25 A players at the top to spit out one at the bottom. 
Now, if you're hiring multiple roles, that's a different conversation. But what does success look like from a, call it a prospecting standpoint, from the amount of conversations had to the amount of candidates that you're getting to interview to the second step, third step of the interview process and the final offer stage. Put numbers to the funnel. It will allow your recruiting function uh, uh, more insight into what success looks like. I'm going to mention recruiting function a couple of times here. What I mean by that is it could be in-house. It could be an external agency like ours, Pursuit. Uh, it could be you, the founder, doing the recruiting. And so that's what I mean by recruiting function. A couple of other key points to the strategy. What ammo are you equipping your recruiter with to approach candidates to give them the credibility to speak to A players? If you're, if you're like us, we've been doing this for eight years. We have 250,000 followers that are that sales candidates that are following us on LinkedIn. They know who we are. They know the types of opportunities that we recruit on. I would imagine the majority of you don't have that same luxury, which is okay. But are you equipping your recruiting function with the ammo needed to give them credibility to speak to these A players? Super important. A couple of other things. Who's the recruiter working on the role? If, you're, if your opportunity requires an extremely high level of technical acumen, then you better have someone who can step into the ring and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with these candidates who are going to be getting grilled with proper and right questions from the candidates. Not just what the job description says, but what does the role really entail? Making sure that there's alignment from who's recruiting on it as well. And then the last thing that I would say, and this depends on, we'll, we'll get into more of this on the third bullet point that, that, that Carter hits later on with structuring the interview process. But what does the strategy look like when you do find A players? Do you want to have five interviews in one day and then have a feedback session the day after, change some of the search, alter certain things, and then go and attack it again? Or do you want A players as they come? We see it done all different ways. There's there's better strategies than others, given uh, the type of role, the amount of openings, the type of company, so on and so forth. But that's something good to hash out <coughs> on the beginning. The second piece, the hunt. These two these two last sections, man, I cannot hit this enough. We stress this wildly at our company. In my opinion, uh, this is a big reason why pursuit has been as successful as. It has been is because we have people uh, who who hit these next two bullet points straight up. You want proactive sales reps. You have got to match that energy. Too many times we see the recruiting function post and pray. They post it on LinkedIn. They get 250 applicants. It looks like it's crazy successful and that you're just going to be able to build your pipeline off those applicants. But when you start getting into some of the details, you weed out 245 of them, and then you maybe have solid conversations with one or two candidates. It's smoke and mirrors. It's not success. And if you're posting, and then this depends on the role, uh, but for tech and medical sales or marketing roles, if you're posting on your monsters or Indeeds, you're throwing money down the drain. Simple as that. Don't do it. It's not where your candidates live. It's not where A players go. Your A players are most likely not applying to your role. They're not raising their hand and wanting a new opportunity because they're making good money. Their companies are sweetening the pot for them at their current company. So they don't go work for your company. Especially if you're, if you're a smaller company, which I'm all for them. 
If you're a smaller company that doesn't have this massive dominating brand presence that a lot of companies do, then what are you doing differently? You're going to have to be more proactive. Your job uh, might not pop up in front of them. They're not going to know of the company that you're calling them about. And so what does it look like to hunt a players when you're coming to them with an opportunity that they have not even considered in the slightest bit? I think those are the best opportunities personally to hop in with, with early companies where their value um, is extreme uh, comparative to sometimes larger companies uh, where, where you're more of just a number at times. What's your messaging like to them? What are the selling points that you're communicating to grab their attention? If you're sending them a LinkedIn message, if you're sending an Enterprise AE LinkedIn message and the title of it is Enterprise AE Opportunity 250K OTE, that's not doing anything. They're probably already making 250K. They're already an Enterprise AE. That's a quick archive. What's the tagline that's going to snag their attention? What's the, what is the body of, uh, of the message saying in bullet point form as to what this opportunity can be. Take your most extreme selling points. Uh, don't put them all in the message. The goal obviously is to get them on the phone and then communicate verbally, um, but grab their attention um, as you're hunting down these A players and you treat it like a sales motion. You have a ton of conversations uh, to qualify folks and you weed the majority of them out. In order to do that, you have to have enough conversations. If you're talking to candidates, if you talk to 10 candidates and you as a hiring manager are interviewing nine of them, then your recruiting function is not doing the job that you have tasked them with. And so you have to have the velocity and the, the, the quantity of, of calls to be able to find the quality candidates. The last thing that I want to hit on is the sell. This is just as vitally important as the hunt. But if you are not selling A players on your opportunity, good luck. I mean that. You're really going to need it. Good luck. A players, put yourself in their shoes. Again, we're going to keep driving this home. They're making good money. They're not looking to make a move. <coughs> their companies are doing everything they can <coughs> Excuse me, to keep them. They don't need your opportunity like you might think that they do. I'm going to say that again. A players do not need your opportunity like you think. A players do not need your opportunity like you might think they do. And so what are you going to do to get them? It's sales 101. You figure out what's important to them. You dig into their pain points. You assess the opportunity that you're coming to them with and seeing if that opportunity can answer some of those pain points. And then you sell them on that. We talk about alignment here uh, a lot. I think I mentioned that. There has to be alignment. You cannot square peg round hole this. Just because someone fits the, the boxes on a job description does not mean that they are the right candidate for you. The opportunity has to make sense off paper as well for them. And there's, there's a whole slew of different variables that play into that. I won't dive into it, um, at least on this podcast. But you have to make sure that there's alignment there. And again, I go back to, are you equipping your recruiting team with enough selling points about the opportunity to attract an A player? We ask that question every single time that we choose to work with a client is why would an A player go and work for your company? It really is mind boggling how many times we get the same answers from everyone. The opportunity is very flexible. 
We have a really strong leadership team. There's opportunity to make really good money. We actually offer unlimited PTO, like real unlimited PTO. We get the same things often. And some of that is, is good and great. And, and, and maybe some of that is enough to get an A player at times. But what is different about your role specifically for that person? What is it answer that they're currently missing in their role? Because that's the thing that's going to drive it home. And the last thing that I would say, are you turning the conversation back to them, leaving the ball in their court and having them reach back out to you and sell them or, or sell you as to why they would be a good fit for the role? A lot of times the best way to end the conversation after describing the opportunity after digging into their pain points, you understand that this opportunity makes sense for them. It answers a lot of things that are missing in their current role. They might even understand that as well. Leave the conversation with, hey, Sally, you have had, uh, we've gone through a lot of the details. I want you just to think about this opportunity. And I'd love for you to come back to me and sell me as to why uh, you would potentially be a solid fit for the role. That follow-up conversation, I promise you, will be better than the first conversation because Sally will think about that for a day and truly think about it and not just, uh, not just raise her hand because of some of the selling points that you uh, sold so well, but she'll come back to you and she'll, she'll give you the real in-depth reasons as to why a first conversation makes sense. What that also does is it saves time for you as a hiring manager to not waste 30 minutes on an interview with someone who has no business being on the call. They understand the opportunity, what it is, and also just as importantly, what it isn't. They understand, at least initially, where they could come in and see success, why it fits what they're looking for, and they're able to speak to that in a more depthful way as opposed to just being approached with a really nice opportunity, saying yes, getting the resume passed along and setting up the interview. The due diligence done on the front end is wildly important. And so hiring managers, founders, if that work is not done beforehand, when that candidate hits your email, then you need to, to address that to your recruiting function. There should be an in-depth conversation and probably two conversations maybe to go along with some assessments before you even choose to interview them. It will save you a ton of time and it will fill the, the top of your hiring funnel with better quality people as opposed to throwing in some C and D players that look good on paper, but there's just no shot that they would get the job. And so I just hit a lot there uh, going through it. Key points, come up with a strategy for the search, everything from who's recruiting on it to uh, what's the ammo that you're equipping your, your recruiter with to have the credibility to step into the ring, proactively engage sales reps, make your content uh, creative and enticing so that they'll get on the phone, have lots of conversations and then sell them on the opportunity, not just on the first call, not just on the second, but throughout the whole process. We'll get to that more throughout the interview process. Make sure that there's alignment, dig into their pain points, sell them on the opportunity and then turn it on them, leave the ball in their court and, and have them sell you as to why they would be a good fit.